What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Post Radio, in the building for another special edition of the show. On today, we have Ariel in the building. Ariel, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? How are you? I'm great, but the only thing is that I don't know what's going on in the NFL. I don't know what's going on in the world. It's a lot for us to discuss. It's a lot for us to tackle. So I want to go on and get started so we can just really litigate what's happening. So first and foremost, all right, we have to start with Brittany Griner, all right? So Brittany Griner, uh, she was playing in Russia. She's played in Russia uh, for basketball in the offseason for the WNBA, uh, really for the past few years. And, of course, when Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, she was still there. So, of course, it was encouraged that Americans evacuate Russia because we're at war. It's a war going on right now. So Brittany Grinder was trying to evacuate. She had cannabis oil in her bag and she was trying to evacuate. She was arrested. She is still in jail. She was arrested February the 17th. It was a quick trial. They found her guilty and she is facing up to nine years in prison. Uh, the United States government, President Joe Biden, his attorney general, and everyone of that sort, they are trying their best to get her home, but Russia's making it difficult. So she currently is still in Russia right now in jail, facing a nine and a half year sentence. And from what I, I read in reports is that her time in Russia currently, she's been there for a few months, it'll count towards her sentence. So Arya, I want you to really, you know, expound on this a bit more because I think this is a very serious issue. Just thinking about it, it's crazy. She's been there since February 17th. She was detained from the airport and arrested February 17th. So she's she's been there from February to almost September or August, been there for like four, four or five months. That's that's a long time to have someone there over something that it's just now kind of becoming a situation within the United States or something that's actually declining. There are a lot of laws that are trying to go against arresting people for a certain amount of ounces or just having cannabis or weed on them at all. So for this to happen to her is very, it hurts. And it's depressing to see her in the midst of not only being arrested, but she's in the midst of a war. For her to be there, she's dealing with that. They can't get her out. She's been there for a couple months. And now, if people don't know, there was a litigator that worked with the U.S. government that's been working with CNN and that's been working with the Wall Street Journal that explained how the Russian government works. The Russian government, they do not have a jury. There's no jury in there. There's only the judge. You have the defense attorney that was there for Brittany Griner, and then you have the lawyer for that country. They give specific facts, whatever facts that they found, whatever evidence that they found. Literally, the court case probably took, the trial was maybe 30, 40 minutes. At, at the most an hour. They don't do these long process days. They don't try to draw it out like the U.S. government. Basically, Russia works, you're guilty till proven innocent. And with the cases and the evidence that they had, she was guilty for them. So she, to me, it wasn't a fair trial, but of course we're American, that's not how they do it. And even though it's an efficient system, it's a sad system because she spoke for herself and she tried to get herself out of it, but she ended up getting nine and a half years. And it would... A lot of people say it would behoove the U.S. to be like, okay, let's move forward and try to make these trades. But then that puts the U.S. in a certain position where they're like, they could incite a war. I feel really bad for her. I think it's messed up, too, because of how we interpret information. Um, and I mean that as, like, American people and I think in general for the world when it comes to social media. 
we hop to so many conclusions. So I want to try my best to knock down some of the misconceptions. First and foremost, uh, I was hearing a lot of, oh, she's in the WNBA. If LeBron was over there or if it was it was Steph Curry, like they be back because it's male and female inequity. That does exist. That very much does exist. There, there's pay gaps for men that are significantly higher than women, and that needs to change. There is an inequity in how we view women. That's all very true. But in this case, we're talking about a Russian regime that is like Ario said, it's guilty to your proven innocent. It is very much the opposite of what we're used to, where although we 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 still see and we feel that it's guilty to proven innocent in America, especially for black people, it said, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty in the court of law and you have the right to a defense. It's not really like that in, in, in Russia. Essentially, she was guilty the moment she walked in and we all knew what was going to happen. LeBron would have still been over there if he was there. Steph Curry would have still been over there if he was there. Now, the conversation that we could possibly have is that there's a reason why Brittany Griner was over there because LeBron doesn't have to go play overseas to get money and to, to, to feed himself and his family during off seasons. He has different business ventures. He has different things that he's doing. Like for example, Candace Parker, like she also works with Turner in the NBA breaking down games during the season when, when, when the WNBA is off and the NBA is on, that is her second job because she's not getting a significant amount of money. Yeah. Millions of dollars is good money, but you have to factor in the lifestyle that, that these female athletes and these male athletes are living. So that's the reason why Brittany Ryan was over there. And I think that that goes to support commercially for, for WNBA and women's sports. I think the NBA is doing a good job in supporting them, but are we watching? I, I will honestly tell you, I've not been watching. I used to, but I've been inundated with so much other stuff. I've not watched the WNBA. I watched the finals, so I'm not actively supporting. So I think to prevent another Britney Grinder from happening or something of this ilk and to give these, these women more exposure and also more opportunities, we got to support so I think that's the wrong narrative of, oh, well, if LeBron and Steph were over there, no, it's not a male superiority complex. It is a whole entirely different government that got beef with our government. Then on top of that, I've been hearing this. This made me so upset. I'm going to try to be tame. All right. So they're like, oh, and Joe Biden, the president, he ain't going to get Britney Grinder back. But if Trump was in office, first and foremost, Trump would have cared less. Trump literally said on the radio, on corn, on Clay Travis and 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 a Buck Sexton show, and then and they replaced Rush Limbaugh, so they're the new conservative mouthpieces on the radio. He told them straight up when they asked him about it that she did wrong and she has to face the consequences. And I'm paraphrasing. So no, Donald Trump would not have gotten Britney Grinder out of jail, number one. And number two, they're trying to to have a swap. And they and Russia wants a notorious criminal that has killed people. He is a war criminal that is over here. They're trying to do a trade like it's the WNBA. And, and it's like, at this point, look at it like that. Do, do you want that person? Do you want Kevin Durant on the Warriors again? He's dangerous, right? Okay, you want him to stay in Brooklyn. So basically, what, what, is, what is, it, is it here? Do you want a dangerous war criminal over there in Russia as we're about to go possibly into a war? Because it's very much teetering. Russia's very much in playing with everybody, playing with everybody's face. So you want a war criminal to go, to go over there to Russia? Like, I really think that people are not thinking and we're just acting. And another thing to Arya, one last thing that really made me upset 
is, oh, well, Brittany Grinders over there. Y'all so worried about her. If you were over there, she wouldn't be worried about you. When I tell you, I don't cuss on social media, Ariel. I try my best not to. But, boy, I almost cussed. I almost cussed on social media. Because it's like, no, she wouldn't know. Because I'm not a celebrity. I'm not, I'm not a, a journalist that's over there covering the war. If, if I was on CNN, what, 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 this HBCU Pulse guy, this Pulse radio host, Randall Barnes, is over in, in, in Russia being detained over cannabis. If I was on CNN and she saw it, she might have been like, man, that's messed up. But she wouldn't know. Because it's all about the attention and the coverage that you're getting. So this whole entire thing of, well, she's a celebrity. She don't care about us. Yeah, she probably wouldn't know about it. But how can you grade her care? And how can you grade how we feel? How can you grade the solidarity that we try to, to, to stand with her on? She's a fellow American. She's a fellow black person. Like, you, would, you wouldn't want to be treated like that over there. She has a family. She has a wife. She has teammates. She has people that care about her. So the whole entire thing of, oh, she wouldn't care about you. I can't show compassion. I can't show remorse for what's going on. I can't point out an, an unjust and inequitable system. It's, it's so insane. I, I know I need to get off of Twitter, but it, well, Twitter don't make me money, but social media makes me money. So that is why I'm on there. But it, it really upset me. I think America just has a very bad problem of generalizing everything. And it's not like we can't ask 30 billion people, 30 trillion people, hey, what's your opinion on this? Now, you do create some fair points. If it was somebody from the NBA, I don't think it would be the same. It wouldn't be, it would be the same. They would be stuck over there. It wouldn't be, I feel like the situation would have been handled differently. I feel like Biden, and I don't, I like I said, I don't know the process, but I feel like Biden has lagged and he has lacked and actually trying to put forth an effort. But you also have to think he has other stuff going on here too. Him catching COVID twice, trying to handle his VP, which has had certain situations where Kamala has gotten out of control. You're trying to handle the January 6th case. It's a lot of stuff going on. But if you're so dedicated that you are willing to have basically, it's like the situation makes me mad just thinking about it. There, there wasn't much being done. The nine years is excessive. And people don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know how to feel. And it's... <laughs> it, it, it is. No, it, it definitely is. And last thing on this really quickly is that we have to understand that this is very much a political game that Vladimir Putin and his government and his regime is doing with Brittany Grinder. She is an American... And now they have leverage over the Biden administration because they know they're on social media. They see what's going on. Vladimir Putin's very aware of, of the sentiments of the American people. We do not trust the government. And at certain points, for good reason. We, 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 don't, we don't trust our law system. We don't trust the, the, the validity of our elections, both on the Trump side of them thinking that the election was rigged, but also even for us on, on the side that didn't support Trump in 2016, we thought that Russia interfered with it. So it's a mistrust of our government. It's a mistrust of our legal system. It's a mistrust of each other that we have. So essentially, they're using Brittany Griner as a pawn. They're using her as, as a pawn to play a broader political game that is lowering Joe Biden's approval numbers and making people think he's not doing what needs to be done. And, oh, maybe Trump would have been better. Like, that is what's being done. And I don't think people are talking about it enough. And I believe that as we're speaking, I believe that the Biden administration, because all the times I think we put everything on the president, we put everything on the head person. That is how we are socialized and how we look at everything. But sometimes there's a head 
There's arms, there's a heart, there's a stomach, there's legs, there's feet, there's a body. So every function of that body works. It's the same thing with the government. We, we have a government body. So every function of the government works and you have to let it work. So just stay abreast and stay aware. And I honestly think that very soon Brittany will be back and you know, I hopefully she'll be able to rebound from this because I'm also worried about her mental health. Just imagine how she feels over there. So I think that that's really a big thing. But let's move on to another prescient story, just as prescient, about Deshaun Watson, all right? So a real quick rundown of what's going on with Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson uh, has been accused by over 20 women, I think we're at about 24, of sexual assault and sexual misconduct with different massage therapists. So it has held him up from rejoining the NFL, but he signed with the Cleveland Browns, the Atlanta Falcons, the Saints, the, the, the Panthers. They all wanted him. It was, it was a big old bidding war over where Deshaun Watson was going to go. He goes to the Browns. It displaces Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is now playing in with the Panthers to start the season. So they signed him to an incredibly large contract with the Browns. So that contract, I believe, isn't it the largest contract in, in NFL history, Ariel? Yeah. So yeah, for a trade, for a buyout clause, yeah. Insane. That's insane. I'm sorry. I'm going to get back to the news. That is insane. But he, he was signed to the largest contract in NFL history for that, for that situation. And he and the NFL had to litigate it in some way because they can't just have him back on the field. That's a bad optics problem. The NFL consistently has bad optic problems. So what they decided to do is that they decided to get Sue L. Robertson. She's a retired federal judge and she's a woman and she served as the, as the, as the arbitrator for this case. And they got her because she's a retired judge and she's a woman. I want to continue to say that because that's the reason why they got her. Because they said, hey, a woman can definitely litigate this case because this is something that affected multiple women. So she she arbitrated and she deemed that Deshaun Watson needed a six-game suspension. Surprisingly to some people, I think other, others expected it, the, NBA, the NFL appealed it. The NFL appealed it and they want him to get a full year suspension. Now, within that, the NFL Players Association they have, they're representing Deshaun Watson and it could be a nasty fight, but it looks like he might get either six games or a year ban. So whatever you think is right, take your pick, but that's where we're going. He will get punished in some way. And now the NFL has appointed former New Jersey attorney general, Peter C. Harvey to go over the case. It's real messy, Ariel. So let me know what you're thinking about this and if there's any updates. I personally, and you know, it's I don't I don't think it's a woman thing. I think just like how I told you last episode, solely based on facts. One of the cases, they, there was a total of 25 cases. One of the cases had to get thrown out because of false testimony. He wasn't indicted on two of those cases in the state of Texas. So it's I can understand the whirling of the six missing the six games from Sue L. Robinson. I can, I can, federal, retired federal judge Sue L. Robinson, I'm gonna give her her credit. I can understand that. And I can say she's basing it solely on facts. I can also understand that the NFL wanted to appeal because you have all these movements, like we discussed, you have the Me Too movement, you have the Black Lives Matter movement, you have 
you know, an opening of the LGBTQ, you have that going on. And you don't want to display that if we don't give him the full penalty, then we're not doing anything. It makes us look bad. Roger Goodell is in for a fight. However, I the appeal, I can see it, but I don't want it to be super excessive. And I only say this because there has been cases in the past in the NFL when it came to sexual assault or when it came to sexual misconduct or when it came to battery or any kind of domestic violent case where they either kind of, you know, allegedly swept it over the rug or they didn't apply as much of a harsh penalty as they did to other players. I don't think this should be the time where they should make a major, put their foot down and try to be super excessive because they want to please the people. Do I wish for more suspension of games? Possibly, yeah. Because a six-game suspension is still giving Deshaun Watson half the season to beat out the AFC. And I believe that he could do it. Deshaun Watson is not a bad player. He's probably one of the most remarkable Black quarterbacks that I have ever seen. And he's still young. He still has time to develop himself and prove that he is still that quarterback when he came in. If you give him more games to be suspended in, then he doesn't have that chance. And you kind of defeat two birds in one that, hey, we give him more games that he can't play. And B, he doesn't have the position to get ahead of other teams that didn't have all this kind of hoopla going on. I don't know why that's my word today, but that's that's basically what it is. It's a whole bunch of hoopla, a whole bunch of mess just happening. I believe in more games. I don't believe in severity of suspension. I think so too. And I think that a year is perfectly fine, but can we just be honest really quickly? This whole entire thing of he's going to serve this punishment and he's going to, you know, get his punishment and then things are going to go back to normal. I just want Deshaun Watson to know. I want fans to know if people don't really look at this and think about this. This will follow him for the rest of his life. And also when he passes away, this is going to always be a stain on his legacy. Always. And whether that's right or wrong, it's just, it's just the truth. Because I think that what a lot of us do, and I think we all are victims of it, especially in, in a social media generation, we try to appease public opinion. And I do think that the public opinion in, in this case is going to make the, the, the NFL do something because something needs to be done. But this is litigated in the court of public opinion. It's a, it's, it's a million billion jury members. And we can't deliberate on what the decision is. But it's going to be enough of a subset of people that are not going to rock with Deshaun Watson. They are not going to support the, the, the Cleveland Browns. When he does play, whether it's, you know, game seven of this year or whether it's in 2023 or 2024, whenever he plays, it's going to be folks that are going to go crazy in like in New England, in Kansas City, in Cincinnati, all these different places that are going to be saying a lot of stuff to him, a lot of stuff about him. That is going to follow him wherever he goes, just like the dog fighting with Michael Vick. That's something that is never, no matter what he did. He had two years in jail. He turned his life around. He's even said some things that, to me, has thrown black folks under the bus. Guess what? He's still the dogfighter to them. He's still the dogfighter to everyone that does not rock with Michael Vick. He was already sort of vilified because of his style of play. And his skin color. Let's be real. And his skin color. So that's something that follows Michael Vick. And that, and, and that was dogfighting. This is the assault of 25 women and they say non-violent assault i think that is an oxymoron that is insane talked about that last episode but this is going to follow him for the rest of his career the fact that it seems as if billionaires and team owners 
are not on the same moral compass of us as I guess peasants in their eyes is very interesting to me. I think it is very interesting that, hey, we're, we're going to employ this guy that has an open case and it's 25 people that are accusing him. He's settling, although we know that settlements doesn't admit to guilt. That means you do not want to go to court and have that fight. But at certain points, it's like it, it, it's giving guilty. It's very much giving guilty. And it's like, like it's a bidding war. We're trying to pay him more money. We, we try, we're trying to set a record of money we can give this man. I just think that it's insane, Ariel. I think the press conference difference between the Cleveland Browns and Roger Goodell have really set the tone as to where they stand. But Roger Goodell, at the end of his press conference, quote unquote, he said, this is a gruesome crime that we cannot let go unpunished. More disgusting than gruesome, if you look into the details of what actually he did to these women, it's more disgusting than it is violent. But I do agree there should be more punishment. And you look at the Cleveland Browns in their press conference, it's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to stand by him. We're going to support him. And basically, in a general sense, well, we paid for him. And he has all these facts. He has everything back and behind him. We got rid of one case, you know, all these other courts in the South are saying that he's not guilty. We're going to do whatever it is to get him on the field. Those are two separate tones that are happening right now. And it's crazy to think that Cleveland will do anything to win. It seems like they'd rather have a quarterback that is mostly hated than to have another decade of losing seasons. Like, that's crazy to think that your moral standards have been so corrupted because you hate losing. You hate being known as the Cleveland team that has so many superstars, so many franchise players, but can never enter a playoff, can never get into a Super Bowl. And that disturbs me that winning is more important than a man that should be punished for his disgusting crimes. It's also interesting to me that the NFL is trying to cover their tracks. If you haven't really thought about it, they had a woman judge and now they have a black judge. So they're trying to make sure that, hey, we're covering from the woman's standpoint that a woman judged this man on the crimes that he did against other women. And you know, it says that damn word, we're going to get somebody that's the same race as him, that's the same color as him to try to convict him of more games. Like the NFL is playing, the NFL is playing chess right now. Yes. It's like, and Cleveland's not making it any better of where they're standing in their comments. The only people that I feel like have done this right and have done their statements right is the player association for the NFL. They have said, hey, we stand by Sue. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever the NFL decides to do is separate from the players association. We are going to stand by Deshaun Watson. Whatever happens, happens. And we're going to make sure that every player deserves fair treatment within our organization. They're like the Texans, they're saying, hey, we got a basis comment. We're not taking any stands, and we're just going to sit here and see everything that's played out. But other than that, the NFL is in shambles. We see Jacoby Brissett play this Friday, um, August 12th at 7 p.m. against the Jaguars. So we kind of get to see what they may be looking like. If he does play, I would hope he plays because you want to see what kind of chemistry, what rhythm that they're bringing, and what they may look like during the regular season. But right now, the NFL is in shambles. <laughs> there's there's nothing that can be done. Or after this case is over, I don't think there's anything to fix it. I think the way fans will view the NFL and view the AFC, period, because it's there's been too many decisions. And unfortunately, since Deshaun Watson and not trying to make cases for him is Black, this is going to follow him like it did, unfortunately, Kobe and his accident where Vanessa Bryant had to settle lawsuits of a woman that brought up his allegations after his death. That is a crime to do that. 
he's not Ben Roethlisberger, who's had these type of situations, the other quarterback situations where it can just go away. He'll be remembered forever. This is going to affect his future indefinitely. And it's sad, not only because of what he did, but honestly, because he's black. It's never going to leave. What I will say in response to that is that, you know, you do the crime, you got to do the time. Like if you if you like how the world works, I and I always say it like this to me. It's like how, you know, we learned in, in school about gravity, like what goes up must come down. You know, if if I throw a football, it's not just going to float in the air. It's going to come down because that is the direct effect of the cause, which is me throwing it. So if he's committing these acts, you're going to get the result of it. You know, if you're not going to you're not going to going to get away with that when it's clear misconduct and clear wrong that you're doing. But I, I just have to say this, too, is that. I heard about this um, on ESPN about they well, about, I think the judge said that, oh, only like Deshaun Watson can only get massages from Cleveland Browns ther- therapists. I'm like, what? Like, I, I, are, are you joking? Did this from the daily show? Like, is this what is one of the parody pages on Twitter? Like y'all felt the need to say that. And you think that the masseuse that are in Cleveland or that work with the Browns want to deal with him? Like, in any way, shape, form, or fashion? Like, I, I I feel like that was a bit insensitive, honestly, Ariel. I, I'm laughing because what you, what you arbitrated, you're basically saying, okay, well, I gave him his sentence, but also, you know, I'm not going to take away everything he does. I'm like, you know, I want him to recover. I want him to be the best for his games. And that just, it blows my mind. I'm, I'm actually flabbergasted. I don't, I really... I have no words because why put this man in the same situation? Why do this? It's, you know, it, it doesn't make it any better if they went back and clarified like it's only men masseuses. No, that doesn't make it any better. It's still a, it's still a therapy room. It's still where crimes happen. You don't know how comfortable these people feel. Like I, and I don't think I haven't heard and I haven't read any other statements from people that work within this facility because we know we're not going to get player statements but support you know most of the players are not going to say anything that's going to incriminate them but anybody that works there as you know i don't care from the lowest point as a janitor as security as public relations officer social media officer like do you want that whole organization if not it's about to probably face a decrease in women is about to be a whole men staff. The way that Cleveland just handled this situation is completely absurd. It, it is. And I just, I, I really want, want to see this handled effectively. I think that all empires eventually fall unless you adjust it. You know, I think that, you know, you don't see like in sports, for example, you don't see sustained dynasties. Eventually those dynasties fold in some way. Or like the Warriors in basketball, they adjust where, you know, you bring in new players, you restructure, you know, like, because I think that the brilliance of life in general is the way we evolve and we change. But if you stay the same way for some so long, that's going to crumble. I think the NFL really needs to evaluate how they're doing business and not just Roger Goodell. Because like I said, with, with, with President Biden, like it's a head, it's a heart, it's a stomach, it's arms. It's a whole body that works within the organizations in, in in concert to make it work as a functioning agency or business that generates revenue, some level of change, some level of remedy. So for me, I think that the NFL is walking dangerously close to falling off a cliff because I think that as these instances start to pile up, I think it started way, I think it started with maybe Spygate. It's been some other stuff that's going down. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't attribute 
the whole entire 2004 Super Bowl performance fiasco to the NFL. I don't think that was their fault. But I think that that was the start of a lot of culture wars and a lot of folks going, like, just hammering down on the NFL, then deflate gate, then spy gate. Then you go to the Colin Kaepernick situation with, with the kneeling and how that was handled. And then, you know, you have these other situations and they try to, they tried to do the, Hey, we support black lives matter, but still it's other things. You had Dan Snyder, you had John Gruden, you have all this stuff that's going on. And now you have Deshaun Watson and then even Calvin Ridley. Now people are saying, Hey, you suspended Calvin Ridley for a year, but Deshaun Watson is going to get six games. You know, like it's like, like, I think that eventually the NFL will implode on itself because will the NFL lose ratings? No, it won't. But I think they won't gain it. I think they won't. Because if it is children that are now starting to watch a game, you have those games on Nickelodeon. You have like a, a countdown show because you, you're tied in with Paramount slash Viacom CBS and they have NFL rights. So now they have a show on Nickelodeon. You have Disney. They feature Patrick Mahomes and different NFL players. So now you're trying to expand. And you're trying to branch out and you're trying to do all these different things where you're trying to broaden your audience. This is not good at all. What happens this year, I mean, th this doesn't, you know, kill my excitement, you know, for uh, just the NFL and football in general. I'm super excited. Um, oh, yeah. I'm super excited for this Thursday. I can't wait, but it's, you know, it's so depressing to look at, hey, we got to deal with all this. And it's the start of a a very good season we got different quarterbacks in the afc and the nfc we got rookies stepping up veterans are starting to step down this may be the last good season maybe of tom brady and aaron Rodgers. i want that excitement not the excitement of what the nfl is going to do with one of a potentially great player that just made a stupid insensitive mistake so I want to just say this already. I didn't say I was excited about this month. Okay. I'm excited about September the 8th. Okay. It's preseason. Let's be real. <laughs> I didn't say I'm excited about this Thursday. I know what this Thursday going to be. I'm excited about September the 8th. Okay. That's really my excitement. Like just to see it and just to have it in the background. Like I, I just for it to be there back in my life. That's, that's what I need. I, I know. I, I feel it. I feel it. And we're going to get there really soon. And we're going to be back covering that soon. But Aria, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at AskGreevy underscore underscore or visit my website at theunnexedopinion.weebly.com. I love it. So you can follow Pulse Radio on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, and on YouTube at Pulse Radio. And also you can follow me personally at Arthur Randall B on all social media platforms, excluding TikTok. I should get a TikTok, but you know, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do on there, but you know what I mean? I'm not gonna dance, but you know what I'm saying? And I, I post my opinion on, on Post Radio's TikTok, but nevertheless, well, I, I, I might get that going. But nevertheless, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you on the other side.